Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Axiom Principle. I had scheduled a uh, intro music to start when I played, but apparently it uh, it failed me. So maybe next time. I have the same intro opening music uh, on my YouTube channel. So if you want to really listen to it, go ahead, right over there. So uh, once again, welcome to the Axiom Principle. I am your host, Dr. G. And tonight, uh, I thought I'd bring up something interesting to me. I've been discussing it over uh, the course of several months now, uh, switching away from switching away from uh, religious commentary and focusing on uh, more socio-economic, socio-political commentary, um, mainly because the mainstream of it and how focused it is and some very disturbing things that's getting everybody um, on the side of this movement. So as I mentioned before in my blog, I was going to do a three-part segment regarding uh, the core of social justice and what its problem is. Uh, core, um, I see it as, as feminism at this point. Um, there's too much in common with any of the other uh, positions, and it seems to be whenever I do a root analysis or a core structure of this, it seems to me that the focus, the center of it, it is uh, feminist ideology. I don't see any other like really huge distinctions between, uh, say, Black Lives Matter, um, other than the, um, the focus on skin and race or social justice in general, which seems to defend anybody that's a minority or they seem that needs to be defended um, as if those people cannot defend themselves, it seems. Um, but let's get, let's get into it. So first, uh, I wanted to start with the same way that most feminists start, and that is to pitch you the dictionary definition of feminism. Um, for any of those that aren't aware, and I'm pretty sure um, anybody that's covered this topic well enough can tell you that uh, this has been hammered to death, so... Um, why, why not start with it? Uh, but there's a reason why I'm starting with it, uh, unlike most other arguments. And I think it's because many kind of touch on where the issue is, but they, they miss the mark when it comes to um, outlining the actual problem. So here we go. Uh, the theory of the political, economic, and social equality of the sexes. That's part one. Part two is organized activity on the behalf of women's rights and interests. So feminism in its, in its own definition, um, the first part is equality of the sexes. No problem there for anybody that, that normally would discuss this. They're all about equality, um, but not the same type. The second part is completely woman-centric, and that uh, rub some people the wrong way in another uh, aspect, meaning that uh, women actually have more rights than men at this point. Uh, there's a lot that they get away with that we don't. And um, they get a free pass for a lot of different behaviors. Um, on the flip side, men do a lot, a lot of nasty things when it comes down to it. Um, I was in a Twitter discussion um, uh, let's see, it was uh, last week. And I uh, lost a couple followers from it because it was right during the Women's March. But uh, no skin off my back because they were arguing points that could not be defended. And one of them finally admitted that he could not defend it, uh, even though he continued to argue and just insult me, which was kind of the same thing I expect from a Christian, to be honest. Because next thing you hear after they can't defend their post is, uh, you're going to hell and you're going to burn forever and all that other kind of just garbage. But uh, let me let me get over to the uh, the the crux of the issue here. So we're talking about just the definition, the theory, uh, political, economic, and social equality of the sexes. I wanted to break this part down first before I move. And there's some method to my madness here. 
So the reason uh, I wanted to break it down is because the, the difference between the way non-feminists and feminists view this all centered in the definition. And to a point, this one is it, it's not clear, but that's because people's visions of equality differ. So for the more rational people, the ones that um, follow evolutionary biology, evolutionary psychology in particular, um, understand that there is sexual dimorphism, that men and women are in fact different and not equal in every single way, um, that there are uh, evolutionary history between us and the rest of the planet. In other words, we're apes. And apes are primarily a patriarchal society. Um, you won't see a matriarch in an ape family, um, at least not that I'm aware. Um, if you went to whales and elephants and those bigger mammals, they're actually a matriarchy. So if we were more genetically close to those animals, chances are women would be leading and not men. But uh, alas, we are apes nonetheless. And that, that part of us, doesn't go away just because we become higher thinking or forward thinking. Um, and one of the contentions I covered on an, an earlier episode is that fen feminism has decided to create an alternative to evolutionary psychology because they didn't like the answers that they were getting out of evolutionary psychology. It was sexist to say that we are similar to apes and our behaviors are kind of the same and it objectifies women or some other so such um, business, but uh, you can't really argue with facts, and if you do, you end up being an idolater. That's what it comes down to. So, the 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 point I wanted to make is that the definition is important because we can both start from the same place but come up with completely different answers. For example, when I say Equality of sex is what I expect to be understood by the people that I'm discussing it with is that every person, men, women, doesn't matter, in a Western society, let's see, uh, the Women's March, for example, was in the five most countries on this planet, and they were the most voice, uh, boisterous. Is that a word? <laughs> they were the loudest of their constituents. And in this, uh, equality has been achieved for the most part. In fact, it, the tables have been turned in some aspects. For example, in uh, the U.S., women do not have to apply for the draft. That just to, when you turn 18 as a male, you have to enlist as, for the draft if you want to vote, if you want to do anything. Driver's license. You have to register for the draft. And the draft is a government mandate that says, if we go to a major world war, you're going to war. In fact, I think the last time it was used was in Vietnam, where men and women were drafted to go to fight. Um, in actuality, it was just the men that went to fight. Women didn't have to. That, that's an inequality. Uh, if they wanted to go fight so bad and they wanted true equality, they should also register for the draft. You won't see them doing it because they have aversion to violence. They are more nurturing rather than uh, aggressive. That's another e evolutionary psychology thing. And of course, in this little aspect, they're all aligned with the evolutionary psychology because men are more aggressive. So, of course, they're going to agree with it. Of course, they don't want to go to war because it it's actually in nature. So they'll find ways to... Uh, fit that into their narrative, which is fine in so, no, so long as they recognize that hypocrisy. But of course they don't. So it's kind of a moot point. So when I say equality, I'm talking equality of opportunity. So in all the countries in the Western world, equality of opportunity is a thing. It exists. Um, we wouldn't have a man and a woman running for the both president of the United States. We wouldn't have Merkel as uh, prime minister, I believe, of, of Germany. We wouldn't have many other women leaders if they didn't have equal opportunity. It just, they would be shut down. It wouldn't happen. 
if the patriarchy existed in a Western society, they would have no opportunity to go and be a leader. just wouldn't happen. You wouldn't see them in CEOs. You wouldn't see them in management positions. They would be put in a lesser role. I can only think of other countries that are not Western that do this. And we'll get to them in a little bit and uh, some, of the, some of the issues there. So as you can see, equality has been achieved for the most part in Western society. And you'll see some of the main arguments like the, the pay gap and stuff like that. Of course, uh, these can be summed up in evolutionary psychology as a matter of choice. Women choose lower paying jobs, not that they want to choose to pay, get paid lower. This is another twisting of definitions and meanings. But they choose the jobs that pay less because it's more in their interest. For example, um, psychology, sociology, and uh, medicine are the highest chosen fields for women over men. Like men do not choose these fields for the most part, women do. In so much, medicine, uh, psychology, sociology, they don't get paid as much as technology, STEM, and more analytical or building things. Um, Not to say that women do not choose these roles. If they're interested, they certainly can. But the fact of the matter is they're not as interested as a man is for whatever reason. Men like to build things. Women like to keep social people together. That is just a, a behavior trait that's always existed in our species. So women in equality, when we get back to the definition, they have this. They can choose whatever they want to choose. Um, there are some things where they don't get to choose at this point. Um, your uh, gender, for example. Um, they like to preach that it's a social construct. Um, there are multiple disorders, genetic disorders, that kind of puts you in a gray area of absolutely male or absolutely female. The fact of the matter is you cannot be male without the Y chromosome. So you're, you're pretty much, you know, there's a, there's a delineating line there um, as far as genetics go. And we've noticed that these in particular disorders uh, come with some heavy baggage, such as taller and fertile, um, mentally retarded, um, handicapped, you name it. There's some debilitating factors that come with these uh, genetic deformities. That's essentially what they are. And uh, beyond that, the the two genders, male and female, are uh, subjected to a wide array of uh, feminist rhetoric because it doesn't fit with their with their vision. And their vision is social equality. Now, to get it on to the feminist side, for those that kind of don't understand, maybe, maybe you're on the fence, maybe uh, you are a feminist, you'll probably agree with this one, that um, if a man and a woman are working the same job, they should get paid the same. That seems fair and rational. Um, let's put it into perspective. As it's put, um, women tend to take more time off than men uh, because they assume the roles of family care and child care, even though men can do it too. Uh, for some reason, uh, depending on the family, uh, women and tend to do it more than men. So they take more time off. There's also the maternity leave where you take a couple months off and only partially paid for that. In some countries you actually get a full year off. Like I heard in Australia, you get a full year off. That's, that's pretty impressive. And I think it's more than justified because it takes at least a year for them to be able to be accepted into uh, daycare so they can go back to work mainly because, you know, you got um, potty churning and all that fun crazy stuff that's always you know even in that boys are easier to teach to potty train than than women ironically because you only have to teach a kid to aim (laughs) i know this from having three boys and a girl the girl was the more challenging even my niece is more challenging it's it's entertaining so 
when we get down to it, we're talking about a difference in vision um, and the, the delineating line between anti-feminists and feminists is anti-feminists, those that I think are on the rational side, which would seem to be the more accurate statement, is um, the people on the side of rationality see equality of opportunity but it is impossible to achieve a quality of outcome with being fair. So two people working the same job, but one works less than the other because of choice and individual preference. Uh, while the, the men tend to work harder or not harder, but work more, I should say. Um, you do not deserve to be paid the same. One's there all the time. One's there. One's not. Do you both deserve a raise? Uh, it depends on job performance. If you're taking time off for whatever reason, while the other one's there and hasn't missed a single day, even when sick, um, equality of outcome is unfair to both sides because it can happen both ways. For example, a guy could be taking a whole bunch of time off, but the the woman is there every single day, doesn't miss a day, um, doesn't bring her kids to work either. Maybe she's single. Let's go with single. Um, but the guy, he's like drunk i don't know like goes partying a lot i don't know for whatever reason um he doesn't show up to work as much as the woman well the woman should get paid more than the man at that point does that always happen i don't know um in my experience it it does turn out that way that the woman gets paid more than the man it all depends on their preference um speaking of which what you'll often hear is an argument is that they, in the vision of equality of outcome, that um, versus the equality of opportunity, that the pay gap and the 78 cents to the dollar is is a really huge issue. Um, if you look at the numbers, and the reason why this has been debunked 100 times over, is uh, personal choice is calculated, or if they calculate same job, same earning, same starting time, the equality starts out. It's the choices the person makes on either side of the fence that determines whether or not they get promoted, whether or not they make more money or not. And negating this personal choice, what what feminists expect is equality of outcome regardless of personal choice. That's not equality. That's privilege. So there's an issue there. So moving on, um, if if you understand the difference between the two, that one seeks equality of outcome while other one, the other that's anti-feminist is equality of opportunity. There, there's some huge problems with the other social movements if that's what they demand. So connecting feminism to the other social movements doesn't take a big leap to look. So if we look at the about page for Black Lives Matter, if you go and start uh, the first blurb, Black Lives Matter was created in 2012 for Trayvon Martin's murder. George Zimmerman was acquitted. 17-year-old Trayvon was placed on trial for his own murder. And they try to paint uh, this kid as a problem. Uh, Even though he assaulted somebody and was trying to take the kid's gun, from what I read. The the autopsy report does not agree with their narrative. So... You skip past, you know, if you start at the top of the screen and do not scroll anywhere, this is all you can read. And then you see a Black Lives Matter motif at the bottom. But if you scroll down just a bit, you, you can read some more. And this is where I say that it starts to connect to feminism because feminism is all about women, right? So keep that in mind as we look at the second definition where we go um, organized activity on behalf of women's rights and interests. So this is women-centric and has nothing to do with equality to men, but equality over men. So if we go into the second paragraph, it goes beyond the narrow nationalism that can be prevalent within black communities, which we, which merely call on black people to love black people, live black and buy black, keeping straight cis black men in the front of the movement while our sisters, queer and trans and disabled folk take roles up in the background or not at all. So there you go. It's calling out for straight black men and they're part of the issue. That that is an indicator 
that this movement is not for equality, but for superiority over males, specifically black males. Black Lives Matter affirms the lives of black queer and trans folks, disabled folks, black undocumented folks, folks with records, women, and all black lives under the gender spectrum. It centers on those that have been marginalized in black liberation movements as a tactic to rebuild the black liberation movement. So there's another call along the gender spectrum really focuses on um, this illusion that was made up by feminists that negates evolutionary psychology and biology, ironically, that there is a spectrum, or excuse me, spectrum of genders. There's only two. There's two sexes, male and female. Gender expression can change. However, it's either male to female or female to male. It's never some bizarre thing in between. Um, if you're thinking that you're a wolf or a sheep or a dog, there's uh, there's mental health facilities can help you with that because it's not a normal thing. And to try and claim that another species is a gender is a misnomer because you're now pretending to be another species other than human, not another sex, but another species. There's an, there's an issue with that, and it's, it's a delusional. So as you read into Black Lives Matter, we can see the connection, because they're the, one of the biggest movements that are out there right now, um, that is specific to race, because all they care about is the black person. But they're also woman-centric, meaning that the only thing they care about is and trans females. So this is the man gone to a woman. They praise that. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Look at Blair White. Um, my wife can't tell that that used to be a dude. Um, I showed my sister, however, and she's like, yeah, that's a guy. Could tell right off the bat. That's because uh, me and my sister used to hang around uh, where uh, we know quite a few trannies in where we grew up. So that connects the one. So you can see where there's a connection there where they care about women's issues, but specific to their own race. So specific to black people. And they lump a other bunch of people in there, uh, queer, trans, disabled. Um, but they only call out for the females. You all note that the leaders, the founders of Black Lives Matter are in fact feminists themselves. Um, if you listen to a couple of their talks and commentaries, you'll hear they take the feminist talking points and spin it just ever so slightly to mean uh, they're talking about their particular race. So let's let's get over to um, why I find this the issue. So the reason why I bring up Black Lives Matter is at the end of their meetings. Um, they have a phrase. And I forgot to search it up, so I apologize for uh, uh, let me see if I can find on the maybe their page. But they have a uh, there we go. Maybe this will be a better Goodreads quoted by Asasa Secure, and she's she's one of the motivators for the Black Lives Matter movement. Quote: They'll say at the end of like every single one of their meetings. And here, here's where you can connect the feminist rhetoric, Black Lives Matter, and its manifestation of feminism, because it's slightly different than the rest of the mainstream feminists. And, and something else is quite interesting. So I'm going to do a side-by-side -side comparison to this. And um, a book I picked up that was free on Amazon. And uh, let me pull up that right now. Let me log into my laptop here. So uh, let me quote Asada Shakur first. 
It is a duty to fight for our freedom. It is a duty to win. We must love each other and support each other. We have nothing to lose but our chains. This is said at the end of every Black Lives Matter meeting. Uh, you'll hear um, the affectionately called Black There's reasons why I have an issue with this. Um, it sounds noble on the surface. You would think these words here are um, indicative of somebody that's being oppressed. And if you believe you're oppressed in this society, then yes, it would make sense to do that. Um, they're not, other than their own culture is themselves, which is self-destructive to say the least. When you when you praise the thug, you praise the criminal, and you don't praise the ones that have been successful, like Obama, like uh, many of our senators that are black, like many of the CEOs, CIOs, COOs, and other uh, executive leadership that have been successful. Um, Morgan Freeman is another example. These people don't buy into this. And and this is why. It comes directly to a thought process that's exactly the the antithetical to uh, American life or Western culture. It is the uh, it is self-destructive. It is very it, it goes against the representative republic and the free society that we have. They they seek to do and act upon anybody that dissents from them in, in, in an opinion. Hence why it is duty to fight for their freedom. And you speak out against them and disagree, well, you are oppressing them because they did so, not because you disagree. So there's a there's a little blurb at the end of this book here, and I'll tell you what the end, name of the book is in a moment. Um, but let me read like the last uh, two, three paragraphs. In short, these everywhere support every revolutionary moment against the existing social and political order of things. And all these movements, they bring to the front as a leading question in each, the proper, the property question, no matter what, what, no matter what its degree of development at the time. Finally, they labor everywhere for the union and agreement of the democratic parties of all countries. They disdain to conceal their views and aims. They openly declare the ends can be only attained by forcibly overthrowing all existing social conditions. They have a duty to fight for their freedom. Let the ruling classes tremble at the revolution. They have nothing to lose but their chains. Two sentences. Listen to this. I, I'm cutting words out on purpose, by the way. There's, there's more to it, but I'm cutting specific words out so that it doesn't give it away. <laughs> um, they have nothing to lose but their chains. They have the world to win. These are the last two lines. They have nothing, we have nothing to lose but our chains. The last line of their chant. It is our duty to win. Changing just a a little bit. They have the world to win. It is their duty to win. Not much difference there. It's their duty to win at their war, their revolution. Um, where it differs, we must love each other and support each other. It's a unity um, clause. Um, there's there's a little bit of that in this book as well. Um, not specifically those state that statement there, but it's pretty close. And it is their duty to fight for their freedom. In in this book as well, it says that it's their it's the duty of these people to fight anywhere for their rights to put down their opposition. It's important them for them to fight. This book that I'm referring to that has direct quotes out of it that's the core of the Black Lives Matter movement is the Communist Manifesto. 
Um, for those that are familiar with it, it's written by uh, Frederick Ingalls. And it was written a long time ago, like 100 years ago. Well, not 100 years ago. It's really close. But it was written and formed the Communist Party, the Communist Movement, um, Communist Russia, Communist China. <laughs> These groups are the amount of feminism. Feminists don't necessarily come out and say these particular words. It seems to be more heavily associated to the Black Lives Matter movement than I've heard in feminists. Feminists tend to argue with um, other tools. But these, this enchant is really telling. And, and it also points out that the feminist movement now has become a Marxist ideology. If we connect the two... Uh, feminists have the same ideological thinking as, as the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, Black Lives Matter only kill, cares about um, the the females, does not care about the males. And then you connect the um, feminists in general and listen to what they have said um, because they're all about defending uh, what Communist Manifesto called the proletariat against the bourgeoisie, in this case, you replace these two words with protect the minority against the male or the patriarchy, however you want to put it. And you see a connection. Um, so what this is next to, and a lot of people have already bought the book and it's a little bit disturbing, is the idea that this is an Orwellian thought. You, you'll see it uh, called out in a lot of different YouTube videos, uh, different podcasts. And I wanted to go over a little bit what that means. And to be honest, I have not yet read it before. It's on my bookshelf behind me. Um, it's in my reading list. I got another book that I'm reading right now before I go on to this one. But to give you the definition of pertaining to characteristics of or resembling the literary work of George Orwell or the totalitarian future described as in his anti-utopian anti excuse me novel 1984. That was a lot of words. So it's a totalitarian future. So what feminists are trying to look for is a socialist collective. So it's not necessarily Orwellian and totalitarian, although people have emerged as leaders in these groups and have demanded certain things as a socialist group and get everybody in the group that believes in the same stuff to act as a mob. And this is where it connects to social justice. So just like a religion, um, people adhere to things in their religion um, blindly. Take the Christians, for example, believe that most atheists are going to hell. We hear it all the time. They'll, the Baratists, for agreeing with them, saying Jesus isn't real, didn't never existed, there's no evidence for God, that type of stuff. And vicious attacks come out in droves. You'll see troll after troll after troll attacking us. There have been movies made about how horrible we are. Um, Ray Comfort, the banana man, for example, is a perfect example of he's tried to shut down channels uh, with DCMA or DMCA strikes, excuse me, um, with his rhetoric. So it's, it's not uncommon for people when they, when they have attached themselves to an ideology, to a, to a belief that they internalize it, they make it a, a part of their core values and Equality is a value that most people can adhere to and think it's a very good thing, and then they associate it in the way that feminists do, which is a quality of outcome rather than quality of opportunity. And it becomes a ideological thinking because they think that nothing is equal. And what happens in social justice, and the reason why this is such an issue, and no one seems to have pointed it out, uh, so hopefully it's new to you and I'm pointing it out here, that social justice is a perversion of actual justice. Let me repeat that. Social justice is a perversion of actual justice. Why would I say that? Well, in my view, 
and in, it is my opinion based on uh, the definitions of social and justice when you combine these two things. Justice is um, blind. If we were to go and look up, since I'm on dictionary.com, I might as well do it now, and we look up justice, the quality of being just, righteousness, equitableness, or moral righteousness, rightfulness and or lawfulness as a claim of title, just or grounds, justness of ground or reason. The moral principle of determining conduct, there's a whole bunch of um, different definitions. Um, the one that I'm going to focus on here is uh, number seven, judgment of persons or causes by judicial process. Um, administering is every punishment or reward, maintaining administration of what is by laws, judicials or meetings. Conformity to this principle as mesthetic in conduct, just conduct or dealing or treatment, moral principle. You know. um, so essentially, if you read these, what they're talking about is all things equal, all things treated the same. Um, that seems fair. The piece I wanted to pull out of here is justness of ground or reason. So if you were to reason out that you should believe the victim before you should believe the accused, or if you were a reasonable person and you wanted to reason your way out, you would believe neither and look for objective evidence that would substantiate their claim. I didn't. I did do it. In this case, what you see is that the just looks for equality of the, the well they try to make the equality of outcome in this particular set and uh, there's a there's a problem here because in social justice if you look up the word social Relating to or devoted to, characterized by friendly companionship or relations, seeping the enjoyment and companionship of others. <sighs> so it's all about connecting people involved in many social activities of or relating to human society, especially in the bodies divided into classes according to status, so social rank, right? Living or disposed in living companionship with others in a community rather than in isolation. So this grouping is what social is about. You're talking about grouping people together. This sounds normal, and it is because we are a social species. We tend to flock together in groups that are like-minded individuals. Um, that's why not everybody sticks to the same job with the same company, that type of thing. When you mash these two together, it is mob rule. It is not reason that brings forth the accused to justice. It is the mob that decides on who to believe and bring to justice. In particular, social justice folk um, that I've heard said you should always believe the victim. Always. And this is particularly they call it out when it's, it's uh, focused on rape, for example. Um, yet there have been many many rape cases where the woman has lied. And there have been many rape cases where the man has lied. Interestingly enough, there's also been cases where the man was raped and the woman had lied. There was one recently that I read about where a woman got a man expelled from college because she slept with him and didn't want to face her friend. So she lied about it and said he raped her. Come to find out that he was blackout drunk. And not only that, she slept with somebody else the same night that she called over. Was was that rape too? Because I'm pretty sure he's probably passed out in the other room while she did it. It sounds like a college party. So social justice is a perversion of actual justice because it removes the ability to reason. It's now mob rule. It's now... 
socialized justice. The last time we had something like that uh, was the Salem witch, witch trials, where people decided whether or not you're a witch, not based on evidence. If we look at um, Monty Python, you will see they weighed a goose against the lady with an uneven scale to determine whether or not she was a witch. That type of reasoning is the same type of reasoning that's being used today. You don't believe the victim. You don't believe the accused. You look at the evidence and determine who was right and who was wrong. That is the reasonable person to do because evidence is objective. It does not care who's right or wrong. And that goes for every crime. So when you see the outrage of these people on social media, on the mainstream media that call out the unarmed black man every time somebody gets hurt or shot or whatnot, he's unarmed. Unarmed is mean non-lethal. Unarmed does not mean not aggressive. That's the biggest problem. So the connection to social justice in these in this thing to to feminism is because it's pushed forth a narrative to look at things with a different vision. So when you take justice, which is meant to be reasonable, which is meant to look at the objective truth and conflate it with social truth, where people decide how they want to look at a sideways angle and believe the victim or believe the accused um, without reason. You just assume. That is another part of the feminist movement. They have made things up literally, not figuratively, but literally there is now echo chambers and academic society pushing forth feminist rhetoric um, with zero basis in reality or facts. Uh, They've already established their theory, so they make up studies to try and push forth this theory, just like the creationists did with intelligent design trying to argue that that's an alternative to evolution. It's the same thing. There was a recent article, I shouldn't say recent, it was a few years ago, that was in Psychology Today where they wrote about this very thing, talking about evolutionary psychology has has made a number of these things fact. Um, We compare it to our other species. We watch the behaviors of other people and find that this is uh, an accurate depiction based on our evolutionary psychology and our biology. They literally said, um, this is not a perfect quote, but it's pretty dang close. We need an alternative theory. I've heard them same words before when somebody was talking about intelligent design, that evolution is not definitive science and we need an alternative theory. Let's discuss, or what, how did George Bush put it? Let's, let's discuss the issue. Let's uh, debate the issue. Let's debate the alternatives. Expose the alternatives. How did he put it? I can't remember specifically, but it was definitely a creationist claptrap crap. So let's move on to uh, why I decided to cover this in particular, and that's the Women's March. And I'm going to connect uh, this to another piece that I started out with at the beginning of this show um, and why I think this is going to be very self-destructive for them as it continues forward. So right off the Women's March website, I'm going to go with their mission statement. Uh, they got a mission here and a vision. So they got a mission and vision. We stand together in solidarity with our partners and children for the protection of our rights, our safety, our health, and our families, recognizing that our vibrant and diverse communities are the strength of our country. I actually do agree with that statement and vision and mission. Um, the way they're going about it is not the same vision that I would have. They're arguing for division of the families. Men are not needed. In fact, if you're a white male in their culture, you are the epitome of the devil. You're just evil. You're straight up useless. And and even having the conversation makes you moot. You can't you can't talk about fez- feminism. That's the first rule. And the second rule is you cannot talk about feminism. Yeah. So let's get on to the mission. The rhetoric of the past election cycle has insulted, demonized, and threatened many of us immigrants of all statuses, Muslims and those of diverse religious faiths, and people who identify as an alphabet 
Native people, black, brown people, people with disabilities, survivors of sexual assault, and our communities are hurting and scared. We are confronted with the question of how to move forward in face of a national and international concern and fear. So that's just the first thing. Let me let me continue on just to be fair. So I'm not cherry picking or somebody can blame me for being out of context. In the spirit of democracy and honoring the champions of human rights, dignity, and justice who have become who have come before us, we join in diversity and show our presence in numbers too great to ignore. The Women's March on Washington will send a bold message to our new government on the first day of office and to the world that women's rights are human rights. We stand together recognizing that defending most of the marginalized among us is defending us all. We support the advocacy of resistance movements that reflect our multiple and intersectioning identities. We call on all defenders of human rights to join us. This march is the first step towards unifying our communities, grounded in new relationships to create change from the grassroots level up. We will not rest until women have parity and equity in all levels of leadership in society. We will work peacefully while recognizing there is no true peace without justice and equity for all. So here's the problem. Their definition of equality is equality of outcome. As you can read just right there, I'll start from the ground up, that they expect parity and equity in all levels of leadership. If a woman's not interested in leading, you shouldn't have to force them to lead. If they choose not to, don't force it upon them. They'll just be miserable. Now, if you want to lead and you want to run these marches, then why don't you run for government? Why aren't you running for office? In fact, I believe a few of those people that were in the Women's March movement were, in fact, senators that lost their position to uh, Republicans this year around. Um, where I stand on the political spectrum, I, I'm now leaning toward a libertarian point of view. I've been down for such a long time. Um, but the Democrats are just, they've, they're lost. Uh, there's a new joining that. Uh, I have to discuss it with my wife first to see if it's something the family wants to put themselves through. But, uh, yeah, this is a significant thing because millions of people out. This demonstrates that how many people believe feminism. It is, it is the religion. They have moved past being a cult. Five plus people all out to march in in favor of feminism is now in leagues with some of the larger religions there are out there. And it's all based on alternative facts, alternative theories, alternative facts. (laughs) That's probably a bad term to use considering Trump used it like a moron. Um, It's not alternative facts. Based on lies, based on half-truths where they've taken pieces of information and spun it to their narrative. It's self-destructing as well. And this connects to the last bit that I wanted to talk about. So you saw in there, as they're talking about um, gay, lesbian, native people, black, brown, people with disabilities, survivors of sexual assault, and so on and so forth. Right at the top there, and it just irritates the living hell out of me, Threatened by many of us, immigrants of all statuses. Well, illegal immigrants cut in line. There are some that have come across. They were legal. Their visas expired, what have you. Have been slighted probably by the system because they were applying for citizenship. They were working toward a work visa, a school visa, or what have you. And they couldn't maintain their citizenship. Or their visa, for that matter. Um, I know a few friends of mine that are in that boat. And they should they have to go back to their country now, not under Trump's rule, but this is under Obama's administration as well. They had to go back to the country just to get citizenship and a visa to come back here. And that could take a year or two. They've been trying to work through a lawyer to get this all handled. And it's just been stupid. Um, So there are there are some legit scoffs there. But the next piece is what I want to focus on. Muslims and those of diverse religious faiths. In the Bible. Women are second-class citizens, period. There is a verse, and in fact, I should have pulled this up for you, and uh, I apologize. I am lazy. 
but I'll look it up right now. Ezekiel. I think this is the right one. No, that's not it. Uh, let's see if I can find the tw the the thing here. So there's a passage in the Bible. I'm trying to find it for you. Because they carry things out based on their ideology. Just like the feminist has. They believe everything's unequal, so they try to impose laws that force equality of outcome. For example, there was a, a part I wrote, and I believe I put it in my podcast, talking about the equality of outcome when it comes to the um, mandated, um, what do they call it? The gender gender quotas in leadership positions. These that all businesses have an equal amount of men and women leadership on all boards. Meaning that if there's women leaders, they gotta be on the board. Um, and it needs if there's like nine person boards, they're gonna have a split decision. Five of those have to be women, not four. They gotta be the majority and not the minority. Ironically, the same study I read this about, uh, they did it on five different countries. Two of them had failing businesses. One of them didn't matter because it's already gender neutral, so they were pretty much there. One of them um, just barely put it in place, so it didn't have enough data to pull from it. And the last one was the beacon of shining happiness. So nothing but success in the gender quotas because the the population was already um, feminist, as it were. It was Italy, I believe. And they praised Italy, but they shot down the rest because bigotry. That was their excuse. No evidence whatsoever. Nothing that they could point out and say that this was this was true. Just a claim. And this is what happens. So they take the data they'd like and throw the rest of it out because they have feelings. So that's the that's the end of my show here. I'll continue on. I have a, a piece uh, for the after show. Where should we focus and why should we focus at this? Um, issue because there are actual issues in women's rights that need to have attention and we're not giving it their proper attention. They're more worried about a fictitious number of outcome rather than uh, the bigger issues. So thank you for joining me. Um, I'm sorry that I took a month off. It was uh, I got sick, so you really didn't listen to that. And uh, Christmas, of course, and a whole bunch of holidays. And I have uh, birthdays in December that I had to deal with. So thank you all. And uh, I'll see you next time. All right. This is the after show to the Axiom Principle. Um, just a few minutes uh, here. Um, I plan on getting a little bit more involved and start my YouTube a little bit higher and trying to get out videos that are unique. Um, I'm a very busy person, though, so that might not be entirely possible, but I'll try to juggle it. I really, I really feel that there's a big focus here, and it needs to be squashed. This, this needs to stop. You're fighting for stupid things. Um, money, for example, when you already have equality in that area, for example, to understand this, a pay gap would be McDonald's hires at minimum wage. In most places, it's $7.25. Minimum wage would have two pay scales, a man's scale and a woman's scale. So men would start at 8 bucks an hour, minimum wage, $8 an hour. Females would start at seven twenty-five minimum wage for them. So in the minimum wage laws, you would see two different earning or pay scales. doesn't exist. In every business in the Western society, there is not two pay scales for every job. You don't go out and see a salary. It says salary is consumer experience. They have a salary range typically, 
and you actually argue with the people you're getting hired with to get that better salary, you do not see a man's salary, and usually something like uh, must be able to lift 75 pounds or more. Yeah, if it's physically demanding, a woman might not do very well in that job. Get over it. You can try. My dad worked construction for 30-plus years. He saw women come and go. They did not last past lunch most of the time. The ones that did were bodybuilders and didn't exactly look like they're women, is as he put it. But the point that I wanted to make was what she said was just right on the freaking money, and I wish everyone else would have listened to her. Um, so I'm going to go down to my Twitter feed real quick. I'm going to pull this out. Um, I'm going to scroll way down now because this conversation was ages ago. So here. So she does like Sally on her Twitter feed. The Ouroboros, I think is how she's, I don't know how she said it. So if you're listening and, and I questioned your your at symbol, I so apologize. Yeah, anyways, so she made some excellent points, and I wish other people would have listened to her. For example, human trafficking affects women and children disproportionately to men. Like, men don't get human trafficked. More than likely, we're probably the traffickers, not the trafficked. That affects women absurdly. That is something that feminism should target. Women are oppressed in Muslim countries. They shouldn't be defending Islam. They should be tearing that crap up. They should not even be defending Christianity. They should be tearing stuff down because both of them are religions that are from an old world thinking that thought women are servants to men, that are second to men, that they can't be leaders. This bull crap that somebody said that uh, Muhammad was the first feminist. He was so, so pro-women's rights. Bull of shit. He had his women cover up. He raped a nine-year-old girl and married her. That's pedophilia, human trafficking, and is a part of the patriarchy because no man, no woman is allowed to run or do anything in society. It's all like if Sharia existed in the Western society, women would be slaves. In fact, Muhammad and the Quran tells you how to behave with your slaves and how many slaves you can have for sex slaves, for men, not for women, for men. I, I wish they would have listened. Like human trafficking was the big one. Um, domestic abuse does happen more to women than men, but men tep- typically don't report it. Um, and it's the biggest leading cause of suicide for men is they just they don't want to report it. They don't want to bring it out. It's unmanly. It's a very destructive thing. If you do bring it out, your your manhood is attacked literally and figuratively. Um, like, for example, in The View, they had a lady on there that was bragging about getting her penis, getting a guy's penis cut off. At the same time, you if if a man went on there and said he sewed a lady's vagina shut, uh, that would be absolutely horrible. Ah. So my uh, my recording finished and uh, yeah, it's like nine gig. Wow. Oh no, 72 gig. So I was doing a video edit and capture of this as well. I hope it turns out pretty well. It's like a minute, nine minutes. I'm just going to cut off the uh, after party show because that's that's mainly for my followers on my podcast. But anyways, I really wanted people to listen to the message she had for human trafficking, for abuse, for things that women really do face disproportionately to men. Just that type of stuff. Yeah, I can get behind that. I'm not going to call myself a feminist for it because it's that's just human behavior. These are things that are happening to humans. Men or female, it doesn't matter. That's just wrong stuff to do. Children in particular, like boy children are targeted by sex trafficking. If that's a feminist issue, then, you know, women's liberation and women's equal rights is not a part of that. Little boys can get screwed for all they care. And in some bloggers' worlds, that's true. I, I read a 
blog from a show on bearing that he pretty much called out that one person was so distraught and upset. Now this is actually his, his wife, I believe that was calling it out sugar tits that said uh, there, she's so distraught that she's having a boy instead of a girl in her perfect feminist world. Like, Screw you, lady. I have three boys, and they're awesome. So to generate a boy is something evil, and you're going to teach him about the patriarchy and how to be a little whiny, insufferable jackass. You go right ahead, but wow. Just just wow. So that's that's the end of it. I really wanted to bring out the, the religious point of it, that they're defending Islam. They're defending multiple faiths. And these faiths would see the women enslaved. It is going to destroy them. It's going to bring them inside out. That's one of the things uh, uh, why I think they should focus on real women's issues and not on petty issues that are non-issues that don't exist. And I really wanted to bring out such a good point. Um, The rest of them, you know, they argued with me and eventually, uh, you're a misogynist. Oh, yay. Like, I hate women? Mm, Right. That's why I'm married for the last 15 years, because I hate women completely. Beat her, too. You should go ask her if I beat my wife. That'd be good. So she can punch you in the face for even assuming such, because she ain't going to put up with that shit. She's from the South. (laughs) Good luck with that. Um, At any rate, thank you all for showing up. I'll I'll have some intro music next time. Uh, Whatever reason this one didn't play, maybe it's just because I uploaded it too late or something. Um, I appreciate all of you, and uh, hopefully I'll be back next week. I should have some new topics coming up. I have a full roster of things I want to discuss, and uh, like always, the news keeps coming. And so um, I'm going to dive into some new ideas about how to combat all this nonsense. It's already been stated, but I think it's important. Thank you, everybody, and I hope you have a great rest of the week.